Hello, and welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do?, where we talk about professional standards, committee cases, and code of ethics violations. Here with me today, (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, we're recording. (laughs) We're recording, but you did it. Finally. It's only been what, like a year, year and a half? Yeah, a solid year. Anyway, well, as you can tell, Rachel Real is here with me today. You've got a good case for us today, don't you, Rachel? We do. We do. And I thought this would kind of be an interesting one to discuss or an interesting topic to discuss based on all of the conversations that we're having about um, compensation and how it relates to the uh, DOJ uh, investigation of NAR and the uh, lawsuits that are pending right now, one that just got class action status in Missouri. Uh, about buyer agent compensation, listing agents, sellers, who's paying it and all that stuff. Well, and so I thought people, this was kind of an interesting. Just real quick, if people don't know what we're talking about, Rachel Real and yes. I sat down with um, Saul Klein. So you can see that video um, where we give you some context around what Rachel's talking about and talk about some of yes. the ramifications of the compressed commission. You can go to the Real Estate Fight Club YouTube page and go under yes. the Better Call Saul playlist and it is there. Yes. And that was a great conversation too. We kind of talked about it from all different angles. It's always a good conversation so. with Saul because he's been a realtor for like a hundred years, 120 years. 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he would love us when we say that too, but he is. he's like the godfather of real estate. He's seen it all. He's seen it all. He's seen it all. Right. All right. So I figured that the topic we're going to talk about today revolves a little bit around article one and around article three. Okay. The case that we're going to talk about does slightly reference article two. So I threw that into the document that you're going to put into the vault later too. Okay. Just so that because it's referenced, it's in there. So article one to recap is when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interests of their client. The obligation to, to the client is primary, but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer not seller, fairly, hashtag, right, not fairly, honestly. honestly, okay. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. Okay. So again, the, the crux of Article One is promoting and protecting the the best interests of your client. So whatever's in your client's best interest, as long as it's legal is what you should be doing. Got it. Article three says, realtors shall cooperate with other brokers except when cooperation is not in the client's best interest. The obligation to cooperate does not include the obligation to share commissions, fees, or to otherwise compensate another broker. And we talked a little bit about that before too, how Mm -hmm. the obligation or the, the offer of compens or of cooperation does not equal an offer of compensation. Except so that when you input things. it into the MLS, there is, that is the agreement of compensation, but not a specific amount. Exactly. The rule of the, the, the MLS rules right now require that when you put a listing into the MLS, you also have to offer compensation. Now that compensation can be a dollar, which then you could argue is really essentially paying nothing. Right. Um, But again, realtors have to cooperate with other brokers, except when it's not in the client's best interest. So we know that, again, repeating what Article 1 says, you're doing what's in the client's best interest, whether it's helpful for you or better for you or not, your your obligation first and foremost is to the client. Okay. So we're going to go through this case and it's it's kind of a spin on a little bit of this stuff, but it was a good, uh, you know, kind of a good way to work all this in. So Realtor A listed seller X's home and entered the listing into the MLS. 
a relevant MLS data field indicated the compensation Realtor A was offering to the other participants if they were successful in finding a buyer for Seller X's home. So they followed the rules, put it in the MLS, and put their offer of compensation in. During the next few weeks, Realtor A authorized several participants of the MLS, including Realtor C, to show Seller X's home to potential buyers. Although several showings were made, no offers to purchase were forthcoming. Realtor A and Seller X, in discussing possible means of making the property more saleable, agreed to reduce the listed price. Realtor A also agreed to lower his commission. Realtor A changed his compensation offer in the field in the MLS and then called the MLS participants who had shown Seller X his property to advise them that he was modifying his offer of compensation to cooperating brokers. Okay. Upon and receiving the list the price, call, I assume. And like, the, and right, the so the list price okay. was out. Right, but that also just kind of, that always goes out again and circulates in the MLS when you change the price. Right. That's not, not a, changing the compensation field doesn't recirculate that. Okay. So upon receiving the call, Realtor C responded that he was working with Prospect Z, who appeared to be very interested in purchasing the property, and who would probably make an offer to purchase in the next day or two. Realtor C indicated that he would expect to receive the compensation that had been published originally in the MLS. That's when he not showed the reduced it, amount. right? Right. To this client? Right. Or and not client. the reduced amount. Now, no, it's the same client. Okay. So he's saying, hey, well, you know what? When I showed it to him a couple days ago, the compensation was X. Now it's Y. Right. So now I want you to pay me the compensation that was originally published in the MLS and not the reduced amount now being offered to him. Okay. Since he had already shown the property to Prospect Z and expected an offer to purchase would be made shortly thereafter. Okay. Realtor A responded that since Prospect Z had not signed an offer to purchase and no offer had been submitted, the modified offer of compensation would be applicable. Okay. Oh, so far? Yes. Following day, Realtor C wrote an offer to purchase for Prospect Z. The offer was submitted to the seller by Realtor A and was accepted. At the closing, Realtor A gave Realtor C a check for services in the amount reflecting the modified offer communicated to Realtor C by phone, which was also in the MLS. Right. Realtor C refused to accept the check, indicating he felt Realtor A's actions were in violation of the Code of Ethics. Realtor C filed a complaint with the Association's Grievance Committee, alleging violation of Articles 2 and 3 on the part of Realtor A, citing Standard of Practice 3-2 in support of the charge. So I also included 3-2 in the vault. Okay. So what are your thoughts so far? Wait, what does it read, 3-2? 3-2 reads, stand by. Any change in compensation offered for cooperative services must be communicated to the other realtor prior to the time that realtor submits an offer to purchase or lease the property. Oh, well. After a realtor has submitted an offer to purchase or lease the property, the listing broker may not attempt to unilaterally modify the offered compensation with respect to that cooperative transaction. Right. Okay. So my first thought is buyer agency agreement. Thank you. Are we done? We could just hang up now. <laughs> We're done because, okay. But then like, as another question is like, okay, so let's yeah. say, let's say they were offering a dollar and now the, now the commission is 50 cents. So they cut it in half, right? Right. You have right. showed it at a dollar, which is what happened here, but the offer wasn't written until it was already changed to 50 cents. You yeah. have a buyer agency agreement with your client that says, I, my commission that I charge is a dollar. This, and then you, you say, look, you want to, I assume you'd have the conversation that says, look, they've now changed it to 50 cents. 
do you, but you know, we had agreed to a dollar. So you're going to owe the spread. Like, would you collect on that spread? I guess is my question. My question back to you would be how big is the spread? So in this particular, in this case, it was a 50, it's a 50%, right. So I would say, yes. I mean, at that point you are having that conversation with your buyer and saying, Hey, this is the situation. Yeah. Now, have I, have I come across situations in the past where it's a, you know, a quarter of a percent or something minor, you know, a flat amount that's, that's minimal. Yes, I have. Have I gone after my buyer for that difference? No. At right. that, in that, at that point, it's a business decision for yourself. As well, to and it's you a conversation, right? It's a conversation right. with the, the And it's buyer. never a surprise when you get to that point, if you've had that conversation Correct. at the time of the listing, which again, as a, as a seller's agent, you're having that conversation at the beginning. And right. as a buyer's agent, right. we're having that conversation at the beginning. Right. Those I buyer agency agreements are, are kind of long and detailed. So I usually will take that and break it down and say, okay, this is all the miscellaneous stuff here. We're going to cover all of it, but let's talk specifically about this. Right. And sometimes I'll even break it down and have and, and take a piece of scratch paper, draw a circle with the pie chart and, and try to illustrate that for them and break it down into something that's a little bit more understandable. What's on your pie chart? Just how, if you're looking at, here's the whole compensation. Okay. You know, as, as a, as a buyer's agent, this is, this is, this is what the seller has agreed to pay. They generally, as a, as a, as an example, I'm saying they're cutting it in half. Yeah. May or may not be in, cut in half. Right. But for the purposes of the illustration, it's cut in half. And then this is what, this is how it breaks down. Got it. Okay. And this is, and now this is what our agreement says. So now that yeah. this is what our agreement says, how do you, how do you want to proceed? Yeah. That makes sense. So yes. I agree. I think we're in alignment on that. Right. But the fact is, yes. is that currently most agents are not getting buyer agreements. So is this, exactly is the listing agent in violation? I, I can see where the buyer agent may be confused because there is the idea of like the procuring cause. There is this idea of like, will you sign the commission, the consumer guide? I took you to these houses. And then like, if another agent stole them, then they would be in violation. But here it was changed in the MLS. They were notified. The offer was not in play until after right. the change had made. So right. I, I mean, I'm going to go with no. Right. Should okay. we take a so break? Here's what happened or, during here's yeah, we can do that. And then we'll talk about okay. what happened at the hearing. Tell me if I'm right or not. I think I'm right on this. One. <laughs> I feel like I should be a judge, like a realtor judge. Right. When I'm the Zarina, I'm going to be the only one on professional ethics and professional <laughs> standards and ethics cases. If you're not on that committee, it's, it's a very interesting committee to be on. You learn something on every single hearing that you do. You learn something. I'm and there's sure. never the same thing twice. Yeah, it's just too much reading. Like, can they do an audio version? Your puppies want to chime right, in. No, the, the, the landscape guy just showed up, you know, stellar timing. <laughs> of course. All right. I'll do, um, let, let's take, uh, let me tell you about a couple of our favorite partners. So good. our first one is my coach, coach John kitchens. This is, if you're not exactly where you want to be, or you know that you could do more, um, or live more into your potential, then getting a coach is a great next step. So Monica and I have gotten together and we are paying for your first 60 days for free with John. So you would go to trial.coachcode.com, enter in fight club, and you'll get those first 60 days. And I guarantee in 60 days, your life will be different. 
The second one I want to tell you about is Cyberbacker. So this is our Monica and I's virtual assistant. Love her. I talk to her every day about different things. Um, and if you go to cyberbacker.com, you input Fight Club, then you will get a special prize. All right, Rachel, tell us what happened. Okay, so Drum here's roll. what happened during, during the hearing. Realtor C stated that Realtor A's modification of the compensation constituted a misrepresentation through concealment of pertinent facts since he had not provided Realtor C with specific written notification of the modification prior to the time Realtor C began his efforts to interest the purchaser in the listed property. Hmm. So that's why I added Article 2 into the vault information here. I look at that and go, concealment of pertinent facts is more to me, related to the property, related to something that would cause the buyer to maybe not buy that property if they knew it. But this could not be it if there was a buyer agreement and if in writing is required, if the change in the MLS didn't count. I mean, I'm looking, yeah, I, I would disagree just because of the fact that pertinent Ooh, facts fight, related to the fight, property, fight, I know we want to fight, fight about it. The pertinent facts related to the prop are more related to the property, not the compensation that we're gonna we're gonna work out between the two of us. But that has you nothing have, to do with the property itself. I mean, I agree. Because think about it, you're putting your you're putting your client first. So what you get paid over here and, and your dispute with the other agent is a moot point. It, but when it comes your to the client dispute then goes over to the client, then it, it could be like if they're choosing between two houses and they right. have an agreement to pay you a dollar. And right. one house, they're the houses are the same price. One house is offering 50 cents and one house is offering the dollar. And you tell your sure. client, Hey, look, you're going to have to make up the other 50 cents. They may, right. it may make a difference to them. I, I it may make like a difference pertinent. to them. It may make a difference to them. If, although, I mean, I guess how many times would you say that you had to buy your clients that have come down to two houses and the commission was what tipped one over the edge? I mean, but that's not what we're saying. We're saying, is it a pertinent fact in the decision-making? And I, I still say yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but. So, but. <laughs> Realtor A defended his actions by indicating that timely notice of the modification of compensation offered had been provided to Realtor C by telephone prior to Realtor C submitting a signed offer to purchase. Realtor A also indicated that his modified offer of compensation had been bulletined to all participants, including oh. Realtor C, through the MLS in accordance with standard of practice 3-2 prior to the time that Realtor C had submitted the signed offer to purchase. Okay. Realtor A also commented that had Realtor C su submitted the signed offer to purchase prior to Realtor A communicating the modified offer, then Realtor A would have willingly paid the originally offered amount. Mm-hmm. Based on the evidence presented to it, the hearing panel concluded that Realtor A had acted in accordance with the obligation expressed in Standard of Practice 3-2 based on changing the offer of cooperative compensation in the MLS alone, even without the courtesy phone calls. Oh. Consequently, was not in violation of Articles 2 or 3. Interesting. So they said that it's not a violation as long as it's in the MLS. It doesn't have to be broadcasted right. or a phone call. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to make that phone call. You don't have to send an email. That notification in the MLS is all that you are required to do. Okay. So when you write an offer, so let me ask you this. When you write an offer on behalf of a client, do you print the MLS page as of the time you're writing that offer with the date and time circled and the compensation circled? 
I mean, I don't print the paper because I don't want to kill trees. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm saying print, but, yeah. I, I print it to a PDF. <laughs> yeah, we, um, yes, we do print it to the PDF. Yes. To, it's like exactly. in the package. Exactly, exactly. In the offer package. That way there is no dispute. Confusion. There is no anything. Yeah. Right. This is when I, this is when I printed it. This is what's here. I'll go back even and pull But I think the, that's like a showing time for people. Oh, because absolutely. As we move towards um, compressed commissions, like if it can change mm-hmm. at any time, the date that you do the offer, definitely print that subject property. PDF. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I even have them printed the day of, and I'll make a note of that. And then if there is a change, you know, at least you can, you could potentially address that or talk to the agent about that before you even show the property or before you write the offer. Yeah. You know, there's sure. nothing that, that the code of ethics, again, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the code of ethics does not preclude two agents from negotiating their commissions between each other. Right. It just can't be a They're, part of the contract. Exactly. And you can't make a contract contingent upon whether or not you're going to accept this compensation. Yeah. So there's nothing that says two agents can't work that out together. Yeah. And if that's they a, choose to do that, great. Yeah. That's a good one, Rachel. And if you want to find, yes. um, Rachel wrote this up and we put it in the vault, you can access it at jennifermertland.com slash vault. Rachel, you have any parting words for the listeners? Buyer agency agreement. I'm sorry. (laughs) Louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Right, right. I think we might just end every episode with, please get a buyer agency agreement. Please talk about it. And please talk about the compensation with your clients. Agreed. Same goes for the listing side, quite honestly. You have to talk about it. You have to talk about how it breaks down. You have to talk about all of it. Just it's a code of ethics violation not to talk about it. You should definitely talk about what they're paying and their fees. Yes. Yes. Well, Rachel, if people have a referral for you in Chicago, or they just want to tell you how much team Rachel real they're on and not team Mertland, yes. how would they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You can always reach me by text message at 630-542-8688 or by email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Jen. See ya.